This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us is here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. We are back, fourth part of the Dynasty Stock Report Summer Series. If you have been listening, the previous three episodes, I talked about every single player, relevant fantasy player in the NFC East, then followed by the NFC North, and then the most previous episode was the NFC South. Today, I will be talking about the four teams and every relevant player in the NFC West. I'll go through the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and then round it out with the Seattle Seahawks. This is an opportunity to share my thoughts on every relevant player in the NFL in terms of their fantasy value, in terms of their dynasty value, stock up, stock down. Just an opportunity to kind of share my thoughts in this downtime right now in the NFL offseason prior to training camps opening up and just kind of give you another perspective another person's uh opinion on guys that we don't usually get an opportunity here to talk about it saturday to sunday so we love this opportunity to do that in this downtime right now uh and just share our thoughts on these players as well as what we think about them in terms of their overall dynasty value so Let's get started with the Arizona Cardinals. I have talked a lot about quarterback Kyler Murray since the night of the NFL draft. Just about every guest we've had on, we've talked about Kyler Murray. I'm going to continue to say stock up. I think he could have the best rookie season we've ever seen for a quarterback. I don't think he's going high enough in rookie drafts that are one quarterback leagues. I think his value is through the roof. I think he can have a top five season this year, and I think he can be a long-term QB, high-end QB1 in terms of fantasy value with his ability to run, his ability to throw, the scheme and the setup for him there in Arizona. So stock up on Kyler Murray. At the running back position, stock up on David Johnson. What we saw last year is not what we're going to see this year. While the tempo, the number of plays, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for David Johnson. We're going to see more targets out of the backfield. We're going to see David Johnson in space more. So stock up on David Johnson. I think we're going to see him being elite level, top five, top six running back in the National Football League this year. I'm also going to say stock up on Chase Edmonds. I think Chase Edmonds has an opportunity there to carve out a role similar to like an Austin Eckler, I think. So I do think... uh he has an opportunity there that uh, he can be productive in a, in a role there as maybe as a third running back in PPR leagues. Uh, you know, similar, like I said, an Austin Eckler type. So I'm going to say stock up on Chase Edmonds. At the wide receiver position, let's start with the guy who's been there, the incumbent, Larry Fitzgerald. I'm going to say stock down on Larry Fitzgerald. I think, you know, we've seen him be productive over the years, uh, being an elite level wide receiver. And even in the backstage of his career here, still be a very good wide receiver, two wide receiver, three. I think that's going to fall a little bit this year with the with the emergence of Christian Kirk, the other rookies they drafted. I think we might see a little bit less target and opportunity there for Larry Fitzgerald. So I do think uh, I do think that's something that we're we should expect to see. So I'm going to say stock down Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk, stock up. There's very few other players. Curtis Samuel, Carrion Johnson are 
those are few of the names that I'm most excited about, and I'd be trying to buy in all dynasty settings. I think Christian Kirk has the opportunity to lead this team in targets, in yards, uh, maybe not touchdowns, but I think this is a guy who's going to be a 90-catch type player as soon as potentially this year. I love him in this offense. Historically, the slot-wide receiver has been the most prolific guy in Cliff Kingsbury's offenses, but I think Christian Kirk also showed the ability last year to win on the outside. I think he's going to be moved all around, so stock up on Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella, I'll say stock neutral right now, but I think he is going to be better than people are even expecting him right now. I think by early in the year, middle of the year, maybe even by the end of training camp, people are going to say stock up on Andy Isabella. I think he also, I think there's room for multiple guys to be productive long-term. I think him and Christian Kirk are going to be the two guys that you want to own in this Arizona pass offense. I'll say stock neutral on Hakeem Butler. I want to see him develop and emerge uh, into a guy who's in their top three or top four. They're going to go a lot of three and four wide receiver sets, but the early reports are right now, Hakeem Butler could start the year as, as low as wide receiver six on the depth chart behind guys like you know Kevin White and Demir Bird. They also drafted, I think very underrated Keyshawn Johnson. So I think he's an intriguing guy. I still like Hakeem Butler's upside, but I'm not ready to say stock up on him because he is a fourth round pick. They are have guys ahead of him. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see when he gets that opportunity. But Kirk stock up, Isabella stock up, neutral on Butler, stock down on Larry Fitzgerald and keep an eye on Keyshawn Johnson. At the tight end position, I'm going to say stock down on Ricky Seals-Jones. I think in terms of the number of four wide receiver and five wide receiver sets you're going to see, I don't think Ricky Seals-Jones is going to get an opportunity to be a consistent, relevant tight end producer there uh, in that offense. I mean, they might use him at times as a big slot, as like a fourth wide receiver or fifth wide receiver. He might have some moments here or there, but very similar to the Los Angeles offense where we've never seen Gerald Everett really emerge to be anything consistent. I kind of feel the same way about Ricky Seals-Jones in this offense. Let's take this, speaking of the Rams, let's take this to the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to say stock neutral on Jared Goff. I think He's being valued approximately where he should be. I think he has the capabilities to be a very good, solid, you know, QB one in that, you know, eight to 12 range. I I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's in that top five or top six, top seven fantasy. I just don't think that's where he is going to be. But I think in that eight to 12, you know, eight to 13, I think that's kind of Jared Goff's range of outcomes, which is obviously, you know, very valuable. So stock neutral on Jared Goff. Impossible not to say stock down on Todd Gurley. The question marks, the arthritis in the knee. What is his work share going to look like? You know, he went from being a guy who averaged 22, 23 touches. Is it going to be 16 touches? If it is, I think he could still be, then I don't think it's that much stock down, but is it less than that? You know, and even if it is 16, obviously that's different than what he, we had grown accustomed to. So impossible not to say stock down, but I also am not to the point of saying we're never going to see him be viable. He with 16 touches a game, he still can be an RB one in this offense. So I do think, you know, while stock down, I am not one of those people that is jumping off ship of Todd Gurley. If the right value to trade for him was there, I would certainly trade for him. Uh, but trade for him expecting not top five running back numbers. Expect maybe low RB1 numbers. You know, maybe expect 8 to 12 or 9 to 13 in terms of top running back in the league. Expect 16 touches, 15 touches, not 21 to 24 touches in games. Stock up on Darrell Henderson talked about it on with Sigmund Bloom a couple episodes ago. Perfect marriage of player 
and scheme and offense to create those rushing lanes for him and then him utilize that elite level burst and acceleration that we saw in college. He, all touches not created equal. He only, you know, you get him 10 to 11 touches, he could be very fancy viable as a running back three with running back two upside some weeks. If anything happens to Gurley and he sees a higher work share, the sky is the limit. Uh, you know, if they ever were to move on in, from Todd Gurley in a year or two, we're talking about Darrell Henderson potentially being a top five, top eight potential running back in all of fantasy and all of dynasty. So stock up clearly on Darrell Henderson. I would say stock neutral on Malcolm Brown. It would be stock up if Darrell Henderson wasn't there, but because uh, they drafted Henderson, I would say stock neutral, but they did match the restricted uh, contract he had signed with the Lions. So I still think he might have some value if Todd Gurley was to get hurt or they really had to cut back his workload. I, I think Malcolm Brown could get some touches uh, as well. At the running at the wide receiver position, I'm going to group group all these guys together: Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I'm going to say stock neutral on all of them because I do think uh, I, it's hard to say stock up on any of those guys. Obviously, Cooper Cup has to show he's coming back from an injury. Robert Woods, it's hard to say stock up on him because he might lose some of the opportunity we saw at the second half of the year once Cooper Cup went down. Brandon Cooks, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden get a larger percentage of the targets. He has his role there in that offense. My one concern is if they do really get Darrell Henderson involved a lot, does that impact? Is it possible to have two f- fantasy viable running backs and three, you know, wide receiver twos, basically, which they're all basically being drafted as wide receiver twos? That's going to be the interesting thing. I, I, I like all of them. I'd probably look to get the guy that presents the most value. Uh, but I think all of them are stock neutral right now. I, it's hard to say stock up or stock down. The one I have most questions about is Cooper Cup because he's coming back from a serious injury. So we kind of got to see how he responds there. Uh, but I think all of them, all young still, all a lot of quality uh, years left in them. It's just a matter of seeing how uh, it develops with two potentially fancy viable running backs there. Uh, at the tight end position, I'm going to say stock down on Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. I just don't know in this offense if we're ever going to see a tight end have enough fantasy consistency week in and week out to be viable as more than a inconsistent mid-tight end too. I think that's what they are. I like Gerald Everett's talents. I like Tyler Higby's talents. And maybe eventually on a different team, maybe they get to be a more consistent fantasy viable asset. But I think stock down on both of those guys here with the reemergence of Cooper Cup. I, sh- I also could have mentioned Josh Reynolds uh, when we talked about the wide receivers. I'll also say stock down on him. I just don't see a path right now for him to have fancy viability without an injury uh they don't don't do a lot of four wide receiver sets because they do utilize the tight ends as well and even if they do do four wide receiver sets it's hard for him to be more uh you know to be the primary target when you have those other three guys there as well Let's take this to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to say stock neutral on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I also think he could be a really good value right now and might be a guy that I'd be looking to target uh, in dynasty leagues, in redraft leagues, because I do think people were really excited about him last year, emerging you know, with Kyle Shanahan to be maybe have a really good offense there, and then the injury kind of took that away, uh, and we didn't get a chance to see it, and I think people have kind of just fallen asleep on him a little bit. So stock neutral, but I think good value right now that he could be a guy who we're quickly saying people should be buying. Uh, so I wouldn't mind buying him at the value he would be right now, but we got to kind of see him get back and, and get in the mix a little bit there, so it's hard to say stock Something's really happened. I would say stock up. They haven't invested a lot of assets, you know, in wide receivers or anything that make me think, you know, just from that stock up. So I'll say stock neutral, but intrigued by him nonetheless. 
uh, Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon, I'm going to say stock down. And the reason I'm going to say stock down is they went out and got Tevin Coleman, who obviously Kyle Shanahan knows well from Atlanta. So I think the addition of Coleman puts a little bit of a monkey wrench in maybe what the plans were for McKinnon when they signed him last year prior to his injury and what we started at Matt Breida last year, which was some good moments, but a lot of durability questions and uh, you know not staying on the field enough. So I think both of those guys are stocked down by the addition of Tevin Coleman. I think for the right value, they're intriguing to get on your rosters. Breida or McKinnon because we don't really know how that backfield is going to shake out but because the addition of Coleman's there it's impossible to not say stock down on them as a whole Tevin Coleman I'm going to say I'm going to say stock up because Kyle Shanahan went out and got him knows what he can do and sees a clear role for him I don't think he would have brought him there without having a clear role maybe we don't know it yet but I think he has a clear role for Tevin Coleman is it what we thought Tevin Coleman was going to get last year when he was you know really had a lot of value in dynasty leagues no but Tevin Coleman could at least be a low end RB2 thing like a Lamar Miller type value you know with less less guaranteed touches but more bigger plays is the way i would describe tevin coleman so i could see him as maybe being an rb2 there in that offense at the wide receiver position i'm gonna say stock up on dante pettis he's a guy i talked about with matt Harmon on a recent podcast i really like dante pettis his versatility to play inside play outside really good return guy good in the open field good ball skills uh and body control needs to add a little bit more bulk to his frame but all the reports are really good they invested in Debo Samuel, but they didn't go out and get anybody else that leads me to worry. I think both of these guys could emerge into the 49ers version of what the Vikings have. And maybe none of these guys ever become Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen productive, but I think these guys can be wide receiver two, wide receiver three types in time. I think Dante Pettis clearly has the edge being there in the second year. I like Debo Samuel, the talent more a little bit coming out. If I just compare to them coming out as prospects more than, than uh, Dante Pettis, but I do think Dante Pettis has a leg up based on what he showed last year, based on his, this being his second year. So stock up on Dante Pettis. I'll say stock neutral on Debo Samuel, but intrigued with the opportunity. Uh, and I, I do think there's room for both of those guys to become fancy viable in the long term. All the other wide receivers, Marquise Gouin, Jordan Matthews, uh, Richie James, Trent Taylor, stock down on all of them. Uh, I think the addition of Debo Samuel hurt their opportunity to emerge. Uh and uh, I'll say stock neutral on Jalen Hurd. I think he's a little bit of an intriguing guy, uh, you know, in terms of what's the role for him. So I think that's something to, to monitor closely. George Kittle, I, I don't think his stock can get any higher. So I'll say stock neutral on George Kittle. Obviously an elite level tight end for in Dynasty, redraft all over the place. Maybe his opportunities come down a little bit if Debo Samuel and Dante Pettis both emerge like I expect them to. But I still think George Kittle is going to be an elite level fantasy producer at the tight end position. Let's round it out with the Seattle Seahawks. We'll start with Russell Wilson. I'm going to say stock neutral on Russell Wilson. At this point, I would love to say stock up that they were going to open up the offense and he's going to pass more. But I think those days, are I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Now with Pete Carroll running the ship there, they want to be a, a heavy run focused team. Uh, that's how they've been most successful. Russell Wilson is still a really good real life quarterback. At times, he's been an elite level fantasy quarterback, but we started to see that slip a little bit last year. I think Russell Wilson is more of a low end QB one now in fantasy. That's where I think his value is. So I think stock neutral on Russell Wilson this offseason. Chris Carson, I'm going to still say stock up on him because I think he still could hold off Rashard Penny. Uh, but 
I do think Rashard Penny is going to get more of a work share. So I think it's one of those things that I'm going to say stock up for both of those guys because I think there's an opportunity for both them. I think they might run a little bit of a timeshare there or a committee, but I think both of those guys could be productive players. So I'm intrigued by both of them. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, what happens with, with them and, uh, you know, kind of see if any of them emerge, but I think stock up on both of them because they're still committed to the run. They're still very talented players. Uh, once the season starts, I think it's hard for both of them to be stock up on, but I think right now, I think Penny, because he has that draft capital is going to get more opportunity, but I think Chris Carson showed last year how good he can be. They didn't. Mike Davis is gone, so it's just those two guys pretty much in the backfield. So I think that's a a positive sign for Chris Carson as well. Intrigued to see how that kind of shakes itself out. At the rest of the running back, nothing much to talk about. At the wide receiver position... It's impossible not to say stock up for Tyler Lockett because I think he's going to see more opportunity and more target share. Uh, you know, with the un, you know, with Doug Baldwin unfortunately having to retire due to injuries, I think Tyler Lockett's going to see probably the highest target share of his career. Uh, David Moore, I also think stock up on him. I think people are sleeping on him. He showed some capabilities last year. They really liked him. People were talking about David Moore from before the season even started as an intriguing guy, you know, from last preseason. So stock up on David Moore. I think he's going to get an opportunity to be in their top three wide receivers. And I've already talked about me having some question marks about DK Metcalf and how much of a role he could have. I, I he, He's going to have splash plays for sure, but his route running and route development are, are a long way to go. So I do think he's going to have his moments early on, but I think consistency week in and week out is not going to be his forte. So I think Tyler Lockett and David Moore stock up. I think stock neutral, but be very excited about DK Metcalf's upside and ability, but a little bit of a wait and see approach. The rest of the guys, Amara Darbo, stock down. You know, I just don't think, you know, those guys are going to get a lot of opportunity here, uh, you know, with DK Metcalf, with David Moore, and with Tyler Lockett, and just the type of offense that they run there. At the tight end position, stock neutral on all of these guys. Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon, Will Disley. You know, does any of them emerge to be fancy viable? I doubt it. Maybe one emerges to be a tight end too, but that's probably the extent of it. But, uh, you know, kind of wait and see how that shakes itself out there. So there it is. The NFC West, all four teams, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Guys, I hopefully you have been enjoying these episodes. I have went through every single team now in the NFC, all 16 teams over these uh, last four podcasts. Again, like I've mentioned previously, if you're talking trades with people in your league and you want to bounce it off me, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I always love interacting with you guys, talking trade, all that stuff. Uh, if you have questions on any of my thoughts that I talked about, differences, disagreements, and want to talk through it and talk about a player, I'm always open for that. Uh, you could always reach out to me uh, on Twitter and we can talk about players uh, you know, that I talked about on here and maybe you have a different take and, and you kind of want to talk about it and kind of see you know, what my opinion is on maybe how you feel about a guy and maybe why I feel differently. I can go into a little bit more context uh, with you guys individually if you have any questions. But please, guys, if you're enjoying these, please get over to wherever you listen to the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. It does really help us in terms of sponsorship in terms of growing and reaching a wider audience to continue to do what we're doing uh, here for you at Saturday to Sunday. So on behalf of our sound and tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.